Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. We're going to start in, in, in the book of Luke, chapter 1. Actually, the same. we're going to start with the same portion of Scripture that we started with last week. Um, and, and we're going to talk about interruptions in life. We're going to talk about... Uh, that the, the frustrations of interruptions in, in our life, and you're going to see how this ties together so very, very well. Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 30. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. <clears throat> Excuse me. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How many know that the kingdom of Jesus Christ is established for all of eternity? His reign will never end. Did you know that? Jesus really is, truly is the king of kings, no doubt about it. Verse 34, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And we focused on that last week. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. And I want, I want you to really take note of this. We, again, this is from last week, but we're going to say it again. May your word to me be fulfilled. So she, she spoke to the angel, may your word to me May the command of the Lord, may the, the desire, the purpose of the Lord be fulfilled in my life. Then the angel left her. May the word of the Lord, let me say it a different way. May the, Lord, may the word of the Lord be fulfilled in my life, even though it absolutely dismantles the, the future that I had envisioned. May your word be fulfilled in my life, even though it takes apart the plan that I have for my own life. This is what I found out in, in living life, and no doubt you have too, that life is full of interruptions. Life is full of interruptions. We get interrupted all the time, all the time. And, and the interruptions in life cause this frustration in us. Like, why don't people just leave me alone? Why can't I just do what I want to do? Now, if you have children or grandchildren, you know exactly what I'm talking about right there. But I'm just talking in life. Like, like you, you, you're at work or you're, you're even at Walmart or you're at the gas station or you're just living life, you're at a restaurant, and all of a sudden just interruption after interruption after interruption, and, and, and it gets frustrating. At least it does when you're only focused on your own plan. But I want to teach you something so important for you, for you to understand. And I want you to write it down. It goes like this, that extraordinary acts of God often start with seemingly, and I say that on purpose, with seemingly ordinary acts of surrender. That extraordinary acts of God often start with seemingly ordinary acts of surrender. Now, now you say, well, okay, well, that wasn't an ordinary act of surrender because after all, Mary had this angel that was speaking to her. But can I tell you something? If you look at Mary's life, if you look at Joseph's life, in fact, if you look at a lot of people's lives, that were, were surrounding Jesus through the course of his life, that there was, 
There were these constant interruptions that were coming into play all the time, all the time, all the time through the life of Jesus himself. Interruption after interruption after interruption over and over and over again. Jesus couldn't go anywhere without people interrupting his life. Like, oh, that's so frustrating when it happens to us. We love it when we hear about it in Jesus' life. (laughs) But we don't like it when it happens to us, right? Like, oh, it's such a beautiful story. Remember the woman who, who snuck her way through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment? He says, what power just left me? Like, somebody just touched me. And you think, oh, that's such a, a beautiful story. Or the people that just interrupted Jesus' day. He was going somewhere, but he just got interrupted. Oh, that's such a beautiful story. But when those stories actually happen in our lives, it's not beautiful. It's frustrating, right? Am I the only one? You're with me, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? You're going through your day. You have your schedule. You have your plan. You're going through, the, the, through your things to do list. And you've got to go here. And then you've got to go here. And then you've got to go here. But then you get a phone call or then you run into somebody, you have a conversation. All of a sudden, your day is interrupted. And instead of looking at the beauty of it, we actually look at the frustration behind it. Can I, can I ask you something? How many times have we missed the extraordinary? How many times have we missed the miraculous, the supernatural, because we were so concerned with our schedule that interruptions became frustrating to us? I I, want to teach you something else. And it's, it's something that maybe you've never given thought to before, but write this down, that God doesn't interrupt his own plans, only ours. (laughs) Did you know that? And you're like, oh, I don't know if I like that about God. Well, you actually should. You actually should because God has a purpose in all things. That God doesn't interrupt his own plans. He actually interrupts ours. In fact, I want to show you a verse of scripture. This is in Ephesians. It's not going to be in your screen, but just listen to this. It's in Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 11. It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ... We have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. And listen to this, listen to this. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. That God makes everything work out according to his plan. That God doesn't interrupt his own plans, only ours. And think about this, that God is so amazing, that God is so wise. His knowledge is so vast that on those days where you just say, God, I don't want to be interrupted. God, I don't want to, I, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to answer this phone call. I, I don't want to go there and visit them. I don't want these things. I just want to stick to my plan. That God is so wise. God is so knowledgeable that he makes everything work out according to his plan anyway. Meaning this, everybody. If he doesn't use you, he'll always find somebody else. That there's somebody else that will accomplish his plan. But in doing so, you're the one that misses out on the blessing that God has for your life. That if you reject the call of God in that moment, just so you can stick to your plan, and you ignore the interruption, you ignore what God may be doing in a moment, that actually he'll just find somebody else. And then the blessing will be theirs and not yours. And at the same point, we don't necessarily, I I don't know about you, but I, I don't live my life 
I, I, I don't live my life in order just be, I don't live my life just because I'm, I'm superficial and I'm materialistic and I just, well, I'm, I'm just, God, you know I'm just doing this for the money. I'm just doing this for the gifts. I'm just doing this for the reward. I'm just doing this for, for what I get to have. I, that's not our hearts as Christians. I, my heart as a Christian is I just want to honor God. But I know that when I live a life that honors God, that his blessings are attached to my life. And let's face it, we all love the blessings of God, don't we? I mean, we all love it when God pours out his blessings. I mean, if I were to say, if I were to ask a question, who wants to miss out on the blessings of God? Nobody would raise their hand. Everybody wants the blessings of God because you know that they're good. And sometimes we keep ourselves from the blessings of God because we just stick with our plan. And we, we forget, or we fail to, to realize this. Number three, write this down. That interruptions are often God's invitation to the divine. That interruptions, <laughs> however frustrating they are sometimes, because they come in conflict with our schedule, they can be so frustrating, but they're actually, have you ever considered that they're just not interruptions? but they're actually invitations to experience the supernatural or for someone else to experience the supernatural. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out on those type of invitations. Now, let me clarify something. Because life is full of interruptions, and I've, I've learned that, that there are some people, and I, I don't talk about this very often, but it's true, there are some people who are what I call life suckers. They just suck the life out of you. How many know what I'm talking about? How many know a life sucker? They, I mean, right off the bat, oh, that's so-and-so. That's George at work. Oh, man, that guy. That's, that's, you know, Pam. Oh, wow, she's awful. You know, the life suckers, they just suck the life out of you. Every time you're around them, they're complaining and they're griping and they're, they're always sick and they're always in need and there's always dysfunction and they're always talking about fights and arguments and lack of money and lack of joy and... All of those things, just, they just suck the life out of you. And, and a lot of times they just do that. To, they, they live that life because they want the attention that comes from it, right? And it's just a, it's just a level of dysfunction in their life. And, and I know you, you, you're gracious to them, and then you're gracious some more, and you're gracious some more. And at some point you're like, you know what? You just suck the life right out of me. Like, I don't, I don't want to be around you anymore, Am I the only one? Come on, everybody. How many can be just honest with me and say, Pastor, I'm with you. They, they drive me nuts. Okay, okay. So, so first of all, you know, Sermon 1, don't be a life sucker. Don't be like that. Um, the, the one who enjoys hearing about your problems the most is actually you. Did you know that? Most people don't like hearing about your, your problems. Your, unless they really love you and are really able to help and maybe you need some help, then they will love to do that. But if you live your life always complaining, always griping, always sick, can I, can I tell you something? You're, you might be the life sucker. Don't live life like that. Sermon number one. Sermon number two is, what, what do we do about that in our life? Because there are people that would interrupt our every single day. And it actually becomes a form of manipulation. And you need to know the difference between that. That there have been people, even in ministry, that there have been people that, that like all of a sudden, oh, well, pastor, I've got to meet with you. Yes, okay, come on in. And then, then we meet again, then we meet again, and then we meet again. And then all of a sudden I'm realizing they're just saying the same thing every time, and they don't want to change. They just want to gripe. 
And so, so we have, in, in the counseling world, we have ways to handle that. Hey, I will not meet with you again until you come back and prove to me that you've done A, B, and C. Now, if you've done your homework, when you've done your homework, we'll meet again. So then they'll call, okay, I, you know, can I come in and talk? Well, have you done your homework? Well, no, but no, 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 no. I want you to do your homework first. And what it does is it puts, this, it puts the responsibility on, back on them instead of on me. You see what I'm saying? Because a lot of people just want me to solve their problems, but they don't, they're not willing to take, they're not willing to invest in the solution of their own problem and their own life. They, they just want somebody else to solve it and they just want the easy way out. How many know that sometimes in life there is no easy way out? You just got to deal with it. And, and is, this, is this too much for you? Is this too much? So you know the difference then that there are some people that will interrupt your life over and over and over again. And those are the life suckers. So I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about those those interruptions that just come out of nowhere. The, the, the interruptions that were unexpected, that it's not just their personality. Maybe they never ask for things. Maybe they never talk to you. Maybe they never that, you know, have this type of discussion with you or make this phone call to you. Or I'm talking about the interruptions. The interruptions. That a lot of times we get so frustrated because we fail to realize that those interruptions are actually divine appointments. That they're a divine Godly invitation to the supernatural. And Mary's not the only one who experienced that. Let's look at the life of Joseph just very quickly here in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, I want you to highlight this or underline it. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. So he surrendered to God's plan and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. I'm going to teach you something so important about this. Number four, that God's purpose is often different than our plans. That God's purpose is often different than our plans. And in this life, we have a choice to make. We can either surrender to the purpose of God or we can stick to our plans. But dare I say that a lot of times that our plans, the plans that we make are not the plans that God has for us. That actually, that actually, the very best thing that we could do is live a life of surrender to the plans of God. In, in fact, I'm going to read some verses to you because a lot of times I think that we think that that we're in control of our lives. But can I tell you, the one who is better at being in control of our lives is not actually us. It's actually our Heavenly Father. He will do a far better job with it than we ever could. 
Now, I want to read to you out of Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. It says, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How then can anyone understand their own way? Like, like if you live a life of surrender, that the Lord is just going to direct your steps. That he's going to, he's going to make a path for you. And you don't have to worry, well, what if I stray? He has the ability to pull you right back on it. If you live a life of surrender. Let, let me show you another verse of scripture. It's Proverbs 69. In their hearts, humans plan their course. But the Lord actually establishes their steps. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever known somebody who was just rebellious in heart? They were rebelling against authority. They were rebelling against God. They were rebelling against their, their parents. They were rebelling against their teachers. That, that really rebellious person. Have you ever met somebody who was truly rebellious? Have you ever met them and saw true joy in their life? Or did you see misery? Misery. I've, I've, never, met a, I've never met a rebellious person and thought, wow, so much joy in them. Oh, it's amazing. I want to be rebellious too. I've never, I've never experienced, I've never had that thought. What I have thought is actually the exact opposite. And no doubt it's what you've thought too. That when we look at rebellious people, actually what we see is misery. And we see anger. And we, we see turmoil. Torment on the inside. Frustrations. That, that they're mad at the world. Sometimes we see entitlement. Like we see things in their life that is anything but joy. And yet, we have this temptation in our Christian walk to say, I, just, I got my plan though, God. I got my plan. I'm going to stick to my plan. Can I, can I tell you something? That if you rebel against the plan of God, you're not going to experience the joy of God like, like you should and like he wants to give you. That whenever you live a life of rebellion against God, it actually produces turmoil. It doesn't produce joy. It, it doesn't produce peace. It doesn't produce faith. It doesn't produce hope. It doesn't produce love. It actually produces the opposite of those things. And we all know that to be true, right? But yet it's so tempting to stick to our own plan. And yet the Bible says if we just live a life of surrender, that God has the ability to adjust our lives in such a way that we would look back and say, wow, the Lord has directed my steps. You know what I tell people oftentimes is that if you want to live out the big, the, the, and I say this in quotes, the big purpose for your life, like, I want to I know that purpose. I want to live out the big purpose in my life. Can I tell you something? You'll never, you'll never live out that big purpose for your life until you learn to live out the little purposes, the daily purposes, the daily listening of the Holy Spirit, the daily giving in to the interruptions, without, not, not with frustration, but giving in to them with joy because they are probably divine appointments, divine invitations to experience the supernatural, not, not necessarily in your life, but you're going to see it in the life of someone else. I, I was thinking about this 
One of the stories that comes to mind here about interruptions is the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember that? That this person was having a really bad day, beaten, lost everything, laying on the side of the road. And for various reasons, there's some people that passed by who refused to be interrupted by someone else's struggle. But then there was a Good Samaritan that said, you know what? I'm willing to be interrupted when somebody else is in turmoil. And it cost him something. It cost him time. It certainly cost him money. If you read the story, and here we are, 2,000 years later, talking about the good Samaritan, because we all know what it's like to live like and how tempting it is to live life ignoring everybody else and just sticking to our plan. And we all know that we oftentimes miss out on divine invitations to the supernatural. I don't want to live life like that. I I don't want to miss out on those divine invitations. I want to live a life of surrender. And I've come to realize that that these interruptions happen all the time. And I know a lot of, what a lot of people say, well, pastor, of course they're going to happen in your life. You're a pastor. People are obviously going to come to you. They're going to call you. They're going to you know, interrupt your day. I mean, hey, you get paid for that. Can I tell you something, everybody? I, I want to set the, the record straight. If that's your, if that's your frame of mind, let me, let me tell you something. I don't do those things because I'm a pastor. I don't meet with people and talk to people and encourage people and pray with people and go to the hospital. I don't do those things because I'm a pastor. I do those things because I'm a Christian who, who, who has been called according to his purpose in my life. Meaning even if I didn't have the title of pastor, even if I wasn't up here teaching every Sunday, can I tell you something? I would still be praying for people. I'd still be visiting people. I'd still be counseling people. I'd still be helping people. Why? Because I don't want to miss out on divine invitations from God. I don't want to miss out on my purpose. And I found out that, that as, I, as I say yes to all of those interruptions throughout the day, that I'm actually saying yes to my big purpose in life. Am I helping you, everybody? As I say yes to those little interruptions throughout the day, hey, pastor, we need to talk. Can I, can I call you? Can I stop by? Absolutely, absolutely. Come on in. But I've, I've just learned... I don't do those things because I'm a pastor. I do them because I love Jesus and I love people. I would do them anyway. In fact, my whole family lives life like that. If you know, if you know my, my wife, she, she, she's, always, she's just always there for people. She, just, she never wants to be the center of attention. But she just serves so faithfully, and loves so faithfully. You, you can look at all of my family. It, it actually, it's trickling down and into my children. My children are the same ways. My boys are home for Christmas. They'll be here for the next several weeks. You'll see them today. And, and they're so servant-hearted. All of my kids are not just my boys, but all of my kids, they're so servant-hearted. If you were to call one of my children and say, hey, can you come over and rake my leaves? They'd say, yeah. If you say, here, 20 bucks, I, I promise you, they'd say, no, 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 you, you, I don't want that. Why? As I... I because I've taught them that our purpose in life is to glorify the Lord in all things at all times. That our purpose in life is just to serve and to love. 
And yeah, there, there are times where I realize people are taking advantage of me. And when that happens, I, I, know, of a, I, I know of a way to say, hey, listen, I've given you a lot of time and you're not, you're not changing. Actually, it feels like I'm wanting this more than you are. And so I'm going to need you to do these things before we meet again. But there are, there's wisdom in that. But can I tell you, for the most part, people, people aren't like that. They just need help. So everywhere I go. And I, I mean, this literally, in fact, I talked to my dad one time, a long time ago, dad, what's it, what's it mean to, to pray continually? He said, I said, I, I, I don't know how to do that. Like, I, I don't know how to, how can I pray continually? I, I don't get that. And I said, and I don't even see that in Jesus' life. Come on, everybody. I mean, there were times where Jesus was talking to people and he was walking and he was eating. And there were times where he went away to pray, but did, did Jesus pray continually? And my dad answered that. He said, he said, no, 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 Justin, you're thinking of it the wrong way. He said praying continually is always being in tune with what the, with what the Lord is doing in the moment. So, so when you see somebody in need and the Holy Spirit says do something, you do something. When you have a chance to serve, you serve. When, 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 when something comes to your mind, someone comes to your mind and you have a chance to pray, you pray. When God reveals it to you, hey, hey, speak life. Why don't you pray for them? Why don't you, you just do that? You know, last night, it just happened to me last night. I was sitting, I was sitting in my living room with one of my, with one of my kids. And, and just very quietly in my heart, I certainly didn't say it out loud, but it was one of my boys that were home. And I just said, Lord, thank you for my son. Thank you, Lord. He's such a good boy. I don't deserve him. You know what that is? It's praying continually. I had a little bit of praise in my heart that just had to come out. And I just did it quietly. He didn't know I did that. He might know now if he's in the room. I don't know if he's here or not. But I'm talking about always being ready to not only speak to the Lord, but to listen to the Lord. And to respond in obedience. Do you, do you know how many people <laughs> that, that I come across at, at grocery stores, department stores, Kohl's? My wife loves Kohl's and gas stations. And hey, how you doing? Oh, you know, not so well. well. Well, what's going on? And sometimes they'll just tell you. Hey, listen, can I pray for you? And you know what they do a lot of times? They start looking around. Like, well, I don't mind, but is anybody watching? I don't care. That, you know, like, if they say no, sometimes they say, no, I'd rather you not. Well, can I put your name on my list to pray for? They say, well, yeah, you can do that. And I just email myself. I email myself all the time because I don't want to forget. So I just email myself their, their first name. I'll just say, what, what, what's your first name? Or what's so-and-so's first name? Sometimes it's a family member that's going, well, what's their first name? And I'll just email myself. That way I can actually pray for them. Because I don't want to be a person who just says, I'll pray, and then not actually pray. I don't want to be that guy. So I, I just have conversations. You wouldn't believe how many times. It's to the point that, that we talk to people so often. We, we can be on a date day, my wife and I, eating at a restaurant, and somebody will come up, and all of a sudden, they just start pouring out their life story to us. And Jennifer looks at me, and she says, why does this always happen to us? I said, I don't know, but isn't it cool? Like, isn't, it, isn't it cool that we get to minister? That, that these, these, I'm telling you, I'm talking about those interruptions, that a lot of people ignore. And what I found out, those are the ones that actually put a huge smile on my face because I love doing the work of the Lord. And can I tell you something else? They're not random. In fact, let me give you this last point. Point number five, write this down. That great, great faith 
responds to seemingly, and there's that word again, great faith responds to seemingly random events as if they are part of God's perfect plan. That there are these interruptions in your day that you think are seemingly random, and you have to look at them differently. That they're not random after all. They're actually part of God's perfect plan. They're actually part of God's perfect plan. You know, one time I was at a, at a gas station. I was just, just putting gas in the tank, and somebody pulled up next to us, next to me, and uh, and I just said, you know, it's kind of, you know, how that sometimes it's awkward, right? When you're standing on the other side of the pump, and somebody's kind of looking at you, but they're not, and and well, I, I just I just hate it when things are awkward. I'm like, hey, bud, how you doing? You know. Well, all of a sudden, I started talking to this person, and, and hey, how are things going? You know, how's, how's your day? And, and just, phew, tears. And it was a divine invitation. It wasn't an interruption to my day. It was a divine invitation. And I ended up praying for them, put my arms around them. Hug, hug, he's just big, burly man, if you want to know the truth. I, I mean, a guy that most people would be nervous about being around. People don't... People don't threaten me. I, I never feel threatened around anybody. It's the weirdest thing. And I think part of it is I just have Jesus on the inside of me. I, 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 don't, I don't fear people. I don't, I'm not scared of people. And this guy was a big, burly man that probably was very threatening to a lot. And, and he's just weeping. I put my arm around him and I pray for him. Put my hand on his chest. I put my arm around him. Put my hand. I want him to know I'm there. You know what I mean? And this, this is several years ago now. And that, that next Sunday, he actually, I told him who I was. And it actually happened at Casey's General Store right here. And I said, hey, this is who I am. I'm, I, whether you go to another church or not, I, I said, I don't care. I'm your pastor now. I'm your pastor. Even if you have another pastor, I'll be the second pastor. He's like, I, I don't have a pastor. I said, well, yes, you do. I'm standing right in front of you. And that next Sunday, he comes to, to church. He gives, he gives us life to Jesus. And I've been in contact with him ever since. Now, he, he started coming to New Song. He didn't like our style of music. I said, brother, that's all right. I said, you don't have to. I know, I know some great pastors that, that have more traditional services, and they are great men of God. And I said, I'll, I'll point you to a couple of places. He found another church. And, you know, I still connect with him. He, he, still, he still remembers the day. It was a divine invitation. It was not an interruption to my day. And I can go on and on and on and on all day about that stuff. I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time. It is so beautiful, so wonderful. Can I, can I ask you a question? This is what the Lord put upon my heart. You say, well, what, what's going to happen? I mean, how do I know it's going to turn out like that? What if it doesn't turn out like that? Can I, can I tell you something? That the outcome is God's responsibility. Surrender is yours. Your responsibility to surrender God's responsibility is the outcome. I don't know the outcome. There are some people who just say, no, I don't want to pray. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> and I don't say it like that, but in my heart I'm thinking, oh, oh, I'm going to pray anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The outcome is not my responsibility. My responsibility is just to surrender. I just want to be available. And as I live out those everyday interruptions as divine invitations... I live out the purpose of God in my life. I want you to catch that. And all of those little things add up to a very, to a very big difference.
in the lives of others. My wife told me something a long time ago that really, I, I, was, going through some, I was going through some issues, just emotional stress and, and anxiety and depression. And it was about new song. It was about new song. And there's a lot of stresses in ministry. And this is years ago now. And, and, and I didn't feel worthy to be the pastor of new song. And can I tell you something? I, I still consider it a privilege every, every single time I come out here. I know that in and of myself, I am not worthy to do what the Lord has called me to do. It's by his grace. It's by his mercy. And I was having one of those moments. And I'm like, Jennifer, I'm not qualified. I, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. And she said, you know, have you ever had this thought that God could have used anybody to start a new song? He could have used anybody to start a life-giving church in Plymouth, Indiana. It didn't have to be us. But it was us because he chose us. And all of a sudden, it, it turned my, it literally just, it, I just had, I, I, I got what she was saying. You know what? If he doesn't use me, he's got plenty of other people to choose from. He's got plenty of other people to choose from. So God thanks for choosing me. And he just kind of cheered me up. Have you ever thought about this? Many Christians think that they're the main character in life's story. But what if we looked at what if we looked at life's story? a little bit differently. What if we lived with Jesus as the main character in our life story? What would that look like for you? What would it look like for you? What if you were not the main character in your life story? What if it was Jesus? What if everything that you did and said and thought was filtered through your love for Jesus and your surrender to Jesus? What would your life look like? What would it look like if everything was filtered through Jesus? That you're not the main character in your story, but he is. All of a sudden, wouldn't those interruptions feel more like invitations to the divine, to the supernatural? I think so. Jeremiah 10, 23 says, Lord, I, I love what Jeremiah says. says, Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It's not actually for them to direct their steps. I thought about that. I, that is a, that's such a beautiful verse. Lord, I know that people's lives are not their own. It's not for them to direct their steps. And I thought, God, it's not for me to direct my steps. It's for me to follow your lead as you direct my steps. And it's one of our favorite portions of scripture, right? That in all of our ways, we acknowledge him, we refuse to lean on our own understanding. And what does he do? He makes our path obvious. He makes it straight. And we love that. Until somebody interrupts it. <laughs> and then we're frustrated. Let's not live life like that. Those interruptions are divine invitations to the supernatural. So I put this quote down. I, 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 maybe you need to write it on a, a little post-it note and put it somewhere in your house, but it goes like this. Concerning interruptions, I may not know what God is doing, but I do know that he's at work and that it's going to be good. 
Isn't that so simple? That sounds like, as I was praying about it this week, I just started writing that down. Like, what, what, what phrase could I put together just for you to remember, just for you to, to speak out in, in, those, in those days where you're a little frustrated with your schedule not going according to plan or people are interrupting it, that you could just say, I may not know what God is doing, but I do know that he's at work and it's going to be good. And I, I thought to myself, that sounds like something Max Lucado would say, doesn't it? Like, I, okay, so I, what I want you to do is, I, if you know who Max Lucado is, just, just put, take me out of the picture and just, just picture Max Lucado sitting up here today in that very soft, meek, gentle voice that he has. And he says, Lord, I may not know what you're doing, but I do know that you're at work and I do know that it's going to be good. And just follow his steps. Follow his leading and just be ready in the little things to be faithful, to live lives of surrender, which is a very high calling from the Lord. The Christmas story, in fact, all of the Bible is filled with interruptions that ended up being divine invitations to the supernatural. And I don't want to miss out on any of that. Can we bow our heads? Jesus, thank you for calling us according to your purpose in our life. We're so sorry for the times that we've gotten it wrong, that we were so self-centered and we're so frustrated that what we... We... We didn't understand that that interruption was actually an invitation to make a difference in the life of someone. And we didn't find ourselves faithful in the small things, in the seemingly insignificant things, in the seemingly random things. But I realize today, Lord, How many times those interruptions have been God-ordained, God-appointed moments of ministry, of encouragement, of strengthening your children, or telling people about Jesus, the Savior. Help us all, Lord, to live lives of surrender, Every single day that we would not get frustrated in the interruptions but we would have the heart of our Savior a heart of love a heart of compassion a heart of mercy and we too would be willing to get messy helping others out of the mess that they're in. That we would represent you well. Lord, help us to live lives of surrender.
we thank you for the privilege of doing so. We love you so much. Jesus, you mean everything to us, especially at this time of the year when we think about your coming. Thank you. That your very existence in heaven, surrounded by glory, that you were willing to be interrupted so that you could come to this earth as Emmanuel, God with us. You came to get messy, to deliver us from the mess that we made. And we are forever grateful. With nobody looking around, I'm going to ask a question. Have you surrendered your life to Jesus as Savior? It's the reason that he came. So that he could save people from their sins. And if you haven't today, I'm going to pray a prayer. And I just want in, in your heart, just agree and pray this inside and in, in just quietly or in your heart. Pray this prayer, Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I know that you're the savior of the world. So today I repent of my sins. And I call upon you for grace and mercy. Forgive me. Today, I make you Lord of my life. Today, I choose you as Lord and Savior. I surrender to you today. And I thank you for accepting me in this day, in this moment. That your word declares that at this time, at this moment, I am a child of God. And I've been forgiven. And I want to say thank you for saving me. Thank you. Thank you for adopting me into your family. And I thank you and pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you gave Jesus your life today, you surrendered your life to him, we have a book for you at guest services called A Fresh Start. It's a great, it's a great little booklet. You can pick that up. It's free of charge. Don't forget next Sunday morning, two services, 8 and 9.30, 11 o'clock will be online only. So two in-person services. Don't forget it. Invite as many people as you can. One invitation can change your life. I love you so much. Stay away from me, all right? I don't want, I don't want you to get sick. Have a great day. You got plenty of time to hang out, everybody. So hang out, make some new friends. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week. Thank you.